0: And so it just means that we're not going to get there. There is nowhere to get to. And so what I'm hoping is that perhaps we can start having more imperfectly perfect conversations. Perhaps we can hold that space more, you know, through that, those conversations, we can obviously support people in their, you know, in the cultural iceberg, we often talk about that, why are we getting attached to flourishing or thriving? I think for me, it doesn't matter because does it work for you? Does it resonate for you? If it does, great.
1: Hello and welcome to the Coconut Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Freud, and today's guest is Fabienne Vails. Fabienne is the host of the Flourishing Education Podcast. She's also the author of The Flourishing Student, Every Tutor's Guide to Promoting Mental Health, Well-Being, and Resilience, and she is a self-proclaimed mushroom or should i say mycelium she loves to connect people she loves to shine the spotlight on people and it's about time that that spotlight be turned on her fabian has so much to offer in terms of concepts in regeneration in flourishing moving beyond regeneration thinking about the connections that we make learning society and the wisdom that comes from her own research, her own thinking, and also the fact that she's exposed to so many conversations and brings so much flexibility and adaptability to the way she approaches the world. Please check out our website, www.coconut-thinking.com. Again, that's www.coconut-thinking.com. And in the meantime, I will leave space for my conversation with Fabien. Fabian, I am so happy to have you on the podcast. I have to say, you are the first person that I have a podcast with, I think other than Charlotte that I've met in 3D, uh, and that was last December. So this is a, a really special for me. and I'm really looking forward to taking the spotlight that you shine on others and turning it around on you, on your work, on your book, on your concepts of flourishing and, and really how they've changed over the years because you have a podcast that has had 201 episode. What are the things that you've learned? How have you grown? I just want to be able to, to just dig a little bit in terms of Fabienne. So starting with this, I'll ask you, who are you and what story do you want to tell?
0: So who am I? Uh, there's loads of labels I can give myself. Um, so I'll start with the identity. I'm French and British. I'm uh, obviously a woman. I uh, a white working class woman um, who now lives in the UK. I'm also a mother, uh, a teacher. So I've all my career has been teaching languages uh, in you know, all across um, the spectrum. Uh, You know, from nurseries to primary schools to secondary school, colleges, uh, you know, adult education, higher education. So the beauty of my of my journey has been that I've really covered the teaching across all levels. I'm also a friend and a daughter um, and and I guess a researcher. although I probably identify the least with that label. Um, uh, I love Dr. Bern Nichols. I know you know her in, in Australia. And she calls herself a pracademic. And I think I resonate a lot with that. Uh, you know, so I'll borrow her, her words. Um, that's what I feel. I feel like I've, I've fallen into my research uh, when I re-entered you know, higher education in 2014. Um, and so, really, the research is much more about how do we, how can the research have an impact on the ground? I don't write want to write uh, books or, or you know, articles that are used by others, but not actually um, making a difference on the ground to the teachers and the young people. So I think, I think that's enough labels <laughs> for now. Um the the difficulty, of course, is not to get attached to those labels. Um, you know, sometimes it's easier than others. Um, and the story I want to tell really is the story of what you alluded to with the talking about the podcast and the changes, is the story of a of a changed mum and and teacher, so I often refer to myself as a as a reformed mother and a, a recovering teacher, um, and 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 the importance for me of you know the story of how important flourishing is. So how important it is to have flourishing individuals, so I call that flourishing I, to who come together and create flourishing communities, and that for me is flourishing we. So then we have a flourishing planet and flourishing world, and that's the flourishing us. And I would say, uh, and we can expand on that as we chat, but I would say that really my research has moved towards what I think is the missing piece uh, and the bits that we focus the least on, which is flourishing communities, the we coming together. Um, because I think you know you can measure individual well-being through, you know, like for example, WEM Web, very validated sort of measures. We measure the, the the flourishing us, uh, you know, like countries do that in our Western world, they use you know GDP. I don't agree with that, but you know, you've got Bhutan, which is obviously using the, the growth happiness index. So there's other way of measuring the pulse for. Uh, for a a societies of well-being. But there is very little around what does community well-being look like? And this is really where my, my research and my journey is taking me.
1: I can't wait to pull on some of these threads. The question we ask everyone on the show just to get a sense of what the different approaches are is what does learning mean to you? So I'll ask you that. What does learning mean to you?
0: Yes. So the linguist in me couldn't help but obviously have a look at the etymology of the word, because I just like to, uh, you know, I, because I had to learn English as a second language. Um, I just like to to understand how words are are made. So um, I looked in an etymology uh, uh you know, dictionary, and so learning in English com- comes from the Old English leonian that m- that literally means to get knowledge, to be cultivated, to study, to read, and to think about. And this is, you know, initially when I became a teacher, that's definitely what I, uh, you know, I identified with. So, you know, you look at the. Um, Merriam dictionary or any dictionary they will tell you that you know learning is like the the acquisition of both knowledge and skills either through study or through teaching so through being taught like somebody inputting or experience but experience is often the the last bit um, interestingly the old German uh, high German lernen the etymology, obviously, it means to, to learn, but it's, there's also a, a, a base sense of to follow or find the track. And I find that really fascinating because I think, for me, learning is literally what we are wired for from birth. So cradle to grave, it's that this curiosity that makes us life long life-wide life deep learners Um, and that's what i would i would say learning is it's about you know um you often you and 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 charlotte often talk about you know being interconnected interconnected so for me learning is we we are learning together right right now through this conversation (laughs)
1: And I love this idea of, of the relational, and I specifically love this idea of finding the track or making the track or whatever that might be, and how every learning experience is something that that we really recreate on ourselves. That's really something to, to to think about. And I and I guess I kind of want to go into this idea of measurements of the community well-being and how learning could fit into that as well. And my first thought is that before we think about measuring. Um, the community well being, we have to kind of identify what community is and what well being is. Measurement, you know, again, going back to etymology, is about, it literally comes from the word limit, which is okay, which is okay. We, we have to limit our, our view here and, and how we look at it. But community and well being are words that are thrown around. But let, let's unpack this a little bit. Maybe, you know, of course, w- what does it sense? What does it feel like? What does it mean to measure the community well being? What's community and what's well being to you?
0: So well-being. I'll start with well-being for me. So well-being is literally this innate, you know, life force. Like we all have it, um, and it's 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 what drives us, right, to to grow and develop and, and be curious. It's uh, it's in all of us, and it's also this wisdom. So for me, well-being is a very holistic, and will be very specific to each individual. Um, and to describe that, so the name I I give that is flourishing, um, and I I guess I use the analogy of them or the metaphor of we are all unique ecosystems in this garden called life, um, and so you know just like if you if you watch a plant, it has this innate. Uh, life force right that this in in eastern philosophy they talk about the chi or you know the the, that energy so for me that's how i would translate the well-being it's this this wanting to um you know we all have so we unique ecosystems in this garden called life I, we don't decide as parents what that unique ecosystem, you know, how uniquely unique our children are, uh, even though they, they're from the same gene pools. Uh, you know, any parent who has more than one child will see how different that the children are and, and you know, um, even though they come from the same parents. Uh, And from that, then therefore our needs will be different and flourishing will look different. And I think that's really important first. And then I think once we understand who we are in this garden called life and we have this inner standing and we're truly like rooted in, In this knowledge of this is who I am then it's much more without being attached to to that of course because it's an either emergence evolving depending on the context the situation the environment then what happens is you can truly know your gift and your fragrance and you can just share it with others and so for me that is what well-being is and then community well it's uh it's groups for me it's a group of people it's the we so it's the minute it's one it's more than one individual you know and coming together for uh for the purpose of creating something or you know um so i would argue that you know a family is a community uh you know a school is a community Um, and I think also what's really important around that terminology of community is that not one community will be the same so uh, and again we can explore like the difference in my thinking is when I started my journey as an educator because I was raised in France and in the UK in a country of Descartes I used to think, and I really realised that through my research and through the conversations I was having, how I viewed the individual not like an ecosystem, not like an ever-changing, evolving uh, human being, you know, or or, or being, but actually more like a cog in a machine. Um, And and it makes me sad and makes me a little bit cringe a bit when I think about how I felt, because... You know, the conditioning means that that's what you think. So when I started my research, I was like, oh, we'll focus on the individuals and we'll sort it out. Right. If you if you create flourishing individuals, then that's enough. But I very quickly realized that flourishing individuals, you know, flourishing eyes is important because when you're in survival, the only thing you can do is just focus on yourself, me, myself and I, and make sure that you are getting the nutrients you need to be well and to, you know, to, to be in this, in this world, but that's not enough. Um, and in fact, I think it's, it's, it's really challenging, but there's too much focus on that flourishing eye and not enough on the, on the benefits of being part of a community and a, a loving community that will, will celebrate you in your peaks and will, all the space for you and support you in your valleys. Um, I hope I've answered your questions in terms of those two questions.
1: No, fantastically well uh, in terms of, uh, of of exploring the different sides. And I guess this brings us back to the word measure and and how we can measure. And you you speak about Descartes and you speak about the mechanistic views and. Many people, when they think about measuring, they take a ruler and they count how many centimeters, uh, and and it's a quantitative measuring. How could we go about working with well-being if 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 we connect it with the chi, the energy, the life force? How can we go about measuring it qualitatively?
0: So this is the purpose of my PhD. I think um, I think the way you measure is through storytelling. So, you know that that terminology measure um and you and you're right of course i think i think yes you can measure how someone is doing in terms of their flourishing or lang- work or flourishing languishing or you know the 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 flourishing survival which are the terminology i use so you can use the the web web or you can use Keyes's sort of like scale I and mean, there's loads of measures and those are like numbers that tell you this person right now is not doing great for different reasons I think for me, the way we measure, measure as in, uh, it, it, it's more, uh, taking a pulse, like taking a snapshot of what's happened for me, what, what's happening. And, and the way we do that is not by coming in and saying, Hey, I'm an expert in well being, and I'm going to tell you how it's done. But actually by listening to stories of how communities come together and how they, um, that first of all, I think having a common language. So, what do we mean by well-being, and what do we mean by flourishing or thriving? I mean, other people use the word thriving. I, I, I'm not attached. It's a label, so it's like what works for you. Um, I think what I like about flourishing is it's uh, it, it gives that image of the um, this ever-changing emergence of life force, and it sort of A lot of people when they don't really, you know, initially when I use the word flourishing, when I have conversations with them, their pushback is they have this image of a blooming flower. Right, at, at its sort of like you flourish and so you're always blooming. For me, flourishing is not about just the blooming flower. It's literally the whole life cycle of a of a flower, uh, from from seedling all the way to when it sort of transitions back into, you know, and reintegrate through um, the leaves falling and dying, you know, back into the earth and onto a new cycle. So flourishing for me is all of it. Um, And so that means that, you know, through life, because we all have life cycles, we have peaks where, you know, things are really lovely and we're having a good time. And then we've got valleys where we experience challenges. So, you know, since I started my sabbatical in September 2021, I had, I experienced two deaths the death of my father-in-law on the first day of my sabbatical um, after five years of illness. And I think that his death is very significant for me because like first hour of my sabbatical when his words to, to me was always you work too hard and you focus perhaps not enough on your family and your loved ones. Um, And then obviously um, the the death this year or the passing um, of my uh, English mum, this amazing lady who was English but uh, spoke beautiful French and had lived in Tunisia and when I arrived in the UK took me under her wings and really was just a phenomenal woman uh, throughout. And I think that those valleys, you know, they exist and they're part of the, you know, flourishing languishing survival and when we have a community that supports us then we can navigate those challenges we can navigate the ups and downs of of life Um, and that's that that's what matters and so to go back to your questions about measuring I think what I'm interested in is what are those stories so how do we changed the narrative to move away from measuring is you're a cog in an engine uh, or in the machine you're we can remove you and you know we'll replace you with something else to what does it look like in this garden called life when suddenly this plant is not here or this ecosystem is not part of the ecosystem? And I would argue that it makes the the ecosystem far less beautiful. Um, And so this is where I want to go is like, I wanna hear from people what it looks like, what flourishing a flourishing community looks like because my background is in linguistics and and in cultural agility i do believe that the community will be anchored in the culture and localized and so just like you know you you're you're in thailand i'm currently in the uk that the 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 ecosystem is very different right um and we can't you know it's not possible to say, well, your ecosystem needs to flourish in exactly the same way that it, it in Thailand that it does in the UK. That that's unrealistic because of the <clears throat> weather condition, the, <laughs> the the amount of rain we get, more of all of those things. So all of that needs to be taken into account. Um, yeah, and and then start sharing those stories and perhaps shifting the narratives. Yeah, you know, like the narrative, the stories we tell through through those different, you know, um, sharing of 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 community well-being and com, you know, flourishing or not so flourishing communities too.
1: One of the things that strike me, actually, many things try, strike me, but one of them is the playfulness of what you're you're talking about. And let me let me explore this. You talk about stories, which of course uh, can be expressed in many different ways, but you also are kind of harmonizing this idea of, of being a linguist and being, you, you mentioned cultural adapti- adaptability. And when you, when you introduced yourself in a couple other times, you said, well, we have these labels, but let's not be attached to them. But let's still play around with what the words mean, but then we could just let go of them without getting too stuck in there. When you mention the differences or different approach between flourishing and thriving, ultimately, we're trying to get to the same place, whether you pronounce it flourishing or thriving, we're trying to get to the same place. And that's the understanding. And I really appreciate that playfulness because it allows us to be a lot more nimble, but at the same time, be precise. Um, and, and I really like that that approach. One of the words that you did not mention, but you hinted. About when you brought up flowers and and from the seed to the, the 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 leaves falling and and being the compost or you know you didn't use the word but but the compost for future season food for 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 other forms of life, is the word regeneration, and, and that word is something that some of us have been you know playing around. I'm just going to use the word playing around for for a little while and now it's everywhere. And if you type in Coca Cola and regeneration, you actually get a page it talk about regenerative water security or something like that i i'm starting to get a bit worried about the word regeneration because it's it's being co-opted because of the teal washing but the concepts are are still very very important so i'm going back at it through how do we get to the same thing and yet navigate these words what are you feeling out there in terms of the word regeneration what are the signals that that you're kind of capturing with your antenna out there in the world
0: So um. The regenerative—that word. Um, so I, it came on my radar uh, through the the flourishing education uh, conversations, and it really felt like I was being. Encouraged to pivot and to start talking to people who are, you know, who, who like you and, and Charlotte. And, you know, um, I, I was lucky to interview sort of uh, uh, Daniel Christian Baal, you know, uh, uh, Curtis Ogden, uh, amazing people, you know, M- Maggie Favretti, loads of, you know, Dr. Ben Nichols, you know, so many. Um, and I apologize for, to all of the others I haven't mentioned, but, you know, uh, it, it, it Phenomenal human beings who are doing so many beautiful things in that sphere of regenerative, uh, you know, leadership uh, now regenerative education. The difficulty or the challenge for me around words is how we do not sort of grasp and then use them. First of all, like as in like, oh, this is this is it, right? This is the next best thing. And so my sense is what the the cultural agility is is, you know the culture iceberg always invites me to do, which is hang on, what's deeper than this? And I think underneath all of our systems is this idea that there is a one size fits all and the magic wand. And my concern is that regenerative is the next mindfulness or the next sort of like spin best spin that we're gonna use that is going going to save us and save the world so that makes me a little bit wary and a little bit concerned um because what's also underneath the the, the this in the culture iceberg is something we also don't talk enough personally i believe which is how our societies are constructed. So if you live in the Western world, and I think this is also true of a lot of other countries, you know, uh, we are told from a young age, hop on the hamster wheel, GCSEs, I'll talk about the British system, but, you know, for me, it was, it was a, you know, brevet uh, back, for those of you who know uh, French system, then, you know, uh, dog license, uh, maitrise, and then I came to England and I did a master's, so I've got two masters, um, you know, and they sort of like, then get the flats, then get the, the car, then get the, the house, then get the first child, the second child, you know, all of those things. And I think these stories which is literally success looks one way, uh, we need to have good jobs, we need to earn money. You know, they make us turn everything into a business or everything into a product that you can sell in exchange for money. And my concern around regenerative and that narrative and all of this it's the same with you know well-being flourishing so i i realized recently and i posted on linkedin because i I part of link i use linkedin as a little bit of my own therapy in the process of development um is i said you know the reason i haven't put all of my work out there you know and ask people to it's sort of to pay me for the work generally apart from my books because i've got a publisher and obviously <laughs> publishers decide how your book is priced is literally because i re- i refuse to be part of the well being industry i don't want it to be like an industry where i exploit something that i believe education should be doing which is nurturing the seedlings and the young people and the children um and and to go back to Question: I'm I'm worried that regenerative may be used as a way to create money, as a way to uh, you know to, to turn it into a business, uh, which is not going to challenge the and narrative that we were talking about.
1: And that's the whole thing with the co-opting of the word, with with this idea of now we're just labeling it without taking the time to go in depth. And you're absolutely right that it's not a magic bullet. And it's certainly not the solution to our problems because regeneration is about not making it about problem solutions. So that in itself is is something to to really signpost. At at the same time, there's, there's kind of, for me, I feel a tension between having to say, hold on a second, we might not know exactly what it is and define it, but we know what it's not. And I wonder if that creates the binaries that really we're trying to avoid. And because even in that opposition is is, is not regenerative, even creating these divides is not regenerative. And, and in the conversation that we have about what it might not be is, is in itself a process of life, which is regeneration. So you end up getting this mind explosion of, of, of whatever it is. But, but I guess it goes back to the very simple principle of avoiding the binaries and the either ors and where are we from here or where do we go from here it's it, it's very very challenging
0: it is and it's uh, and you know the the truth is all of us adults have been schooled and i would argue over-schooled and so therefore conditioned to a way of thinking and so i'll i'll talk about my own experience because that's the only thing i can own <laughs> truly because it's my experience Habits die hard so yeah, the last two years, the 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 what I call unraveling and and you know discalling and challenging my worldviews and everything else has been much faster for sure. Um, but it's really challenging, you know. This dualistic either or thinking is it, it it comes back right through the back door. So it's uh, it's being very aware. Uh, not being afraid to ask others to reflect back. Uh, so I'm lucky I've got two amazing teenagers who are not afraid to hold the mirror and to just go, uh, "We saw this and you say this? So I love it because they enable, it really enabled me to just um, challenge my thinking, to show up as authentically as I can and as courageously as I can it's not you know and 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 the thing is it's, it's it's a journey right it's an ever evolving changing um and so it just means that we're not going to get there there is nowhere to get to right um and so sometimes some days my thinking is much more cartesian much more like dualistic and much more back to like the the old habits like am i Sadly, yeah, I don't know if it's sadly. It's just the way that my my head has always dominated a lot more, right? Thinking a lot. Um, you know, when I used to to work in in uh, higher education, I used to joke and just sort of say it feels a little bit like it's like head take body to meeting. Um, that that's what it felt like and slowly you know i'm using my heart a lot more opening my heart and sort of trying to live from that head heart sort of like embodied uh perspective but that that means that some days I do it better other days I don't um and it's not good nor bad it's just like that's how it is and and the beauty of conversations like the one we're having and the ones I'm having on the podcast is what enables us to get the mirror like to to, to, for us to have this opportunity to to learn and to go okay Do I want to keep this belief? Do I want to keep this thinking? Or do I change it? Um, And I I do think that that's how we're going to shift the narrative and to have more conversations and, and, you know, for more of us to to shift and pivot and and take a different approach and to notice the, the deeper rooted beliefs in that culture that very often, because we're on the hamster wheel, you know, that, that was me you know before COVID. Um, I was reflecting, I'm about to post something on LinkedIn around the, the expression in French, uh allez. So literally allez, so come on, let's go, was my phrase when the boys were were, were younger. And my youngest said, I've noticed you don't say allez, mum, as much as you used to. And I was like, no, of course, because I would just go like, come on, come on, go, 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 right, because you're on your hamster wheel and you you've got to go to work. You need the truth is, if we're honest as parents, we send our children to a nursery or a school, not because we think it's the best place for them, but because we have a job and we need to work and we need to earn money so you know like one thing you were mentioning about like the the tension that is also a tension. the truth is we all need money we all need money to pay the bills and to have a roof over our head right that's one of our most basic needs like that safety and so if we are honest with ourselves, we send our children to nurseries or to, to schools because we need to, to be a place elsewhere. And that place elsewhere is, you know, for me it was university. And I used to just like, go, 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 like, like, like from the minute I would get up to the you know coming home later in the evening. And that fast pace is not conducive to pausing and going, hang on. Do I really believe this? Like, is this really what I want to be doing? And so there's momentum on that hamster wheel that keep us going and going. And so I think what we need, all of us, is to slow down, more space, for more conversations like this, um, and more time to just... a little bit like if you go in the garden you look at your garden sometimes you need to take the weeds out because otherwise they might actually strangle some of your plants um and so looking at what is serving you and what is not serving you as in you know is this conducive to to me flourishing and to others flourishing um and that Means that you know, in a way, I I I recognize my my real privilege that I was given, you know, almost two years to really do just that to, um, you know, look at some of the of the beliefs and uh, you know, do I believe that or do I not believe that and challenging and and it's an ongoing, uh, not uh, ongoing journey until until we uh, we decide to transition back. Not being here as as this
1: person. And so there's a time factor of slowing down. And of course, we're not talking about the watch time, uh, probably more in terms of Kairos time than Chrono's time, of of really making sure that the moment is right. We're really making sure that it's not slowing down in terms of like breathing and doing yoga necessarily, but maybe just taking the time to notice, taking the time to to really be in it. And as you were mentioning earlier, the peaks and the valleys, and it's okay the valleys in that trouble. And I'm also struck by when you mention what we need in terms of that mirror, in terms of those conversation, those relationships of care and love and not judgment. And again, going back to the non-labeling that you mentioned, the ability to have that open safe space, which is, again, something that's thrown around, but it really needs to be there as you mentioned at the very beginning, again, it all comes back to you in this swirl of the flourishing I and the flourishing we and the flourishing us of that space for care and love so that we can have those conversations in ways that allow us to, to grow together.
0: Yes. And I think what often people, again, like with flourishing, which is why, you know, like, thanks for, for that opportunity to clarify, you know, when I say flourishing I flourishing, we flourishing us, very often we have this or oh, let's comp. it's a compartmentalizing, right? So it's like, oh, there's an individual here flourishing, like, uh, you know, flourishing Benjamin, right? Who is then part of a community. So let's say like a school or a family. Um, and so there you go. You've got another very physical thing, right? Tangible thing. And then there's this blue marble, this our beautiful planet or, you know, like a, the, the Thailand or England. And so again, we've we've created this f- things that are separated um and and yes and in a sense that you know it's the the that that uh, particle wave right where for me um which is probably what my logical rational sort of head struggles the most with you know like they often say with quantum physics if you if you think you understand it then you really don't understand it right because it's so like mind-boggling um so this is exactly that with the flourishing I flourishing we and flourishing us it's not linear it's not like oh I'm flourishing I so therefore I have a flourishing community therefore we have a flourishing planet it's uh Sometimes I'm not flourishing and the community might be flourishing overall. Like if you look at it, but I'm not as an individual. And then there's an event that happens that just generates an issue at a a more global level. So it's, uh, it's all moving parts, right. Um, and, and interacting with one another. Um, and so What I'm interested in exploring, and I haven't got, like I I am in no way claiming I've got the answers. Um, In fact, when I'm going to start the PhD, I want others to to share with me what do you think it looks like? So what does a flourishing community look like? What does you as an individual, what do you need to flourish, right? I I don't know. Um, Because what I'm interested in is, is there are there key things that are like almost when you, you're you're cooking a I don't know a soup or you, you're making a salad? Um are there key ingredients or key things that mean that if you don't have those, then you don't have a salad, right? You have something else. Um and is it the same with like flourishing? Are there key things that mean that then? You you are not flourishing, and you're more in survival. And what can be done? How do we notice, right? So as for me, as a community, that loving piece um, is how do we notice when someone is not flourishing, when they're in survival. And you know, sadly, I've experienced the consequence, or what happens when someone is not flourishing, so is in survival. And then suddenly goes into real mental ill health. Um, and the outcome is not good, it's horrendous, you know. Um and I just think, okay, how do we how do we prevent that from happening? How do we look after the the ecosystem so that it can be in, in this you know ec- ecosystem for as long as possible right enjoying it and loving it until it transitions back into the you know uh, decomposing and and serving the, the whole again um and so i think this is really important those are really important conversations and going back to to again like i think this is why i love having so many conversations on the podcast it's because i do think that change happens one imperfectly perfect conversation at a time it's like sometimes you might hear perhaps it's because i'm a slow learner i don't know that's why i needed 200 conversations. um but it's this um it, someone will say something and and it, it like plants a seed but nothing happens and then you hear it like six conversations later, and you go, hang oh, on, what did you say? Like, what was it you said? And and then it lands, right? And you go, oh, okay. And then, and then you pivot and you pivot, and you know, and that's how change happens. And so what I'm hoping is that perhaps we can start having more imperfectly perfect conversations. Perhaps we can hold that space more. Um, so that's you know through that those conversations we can obviously support people in their you know in the cultural iceberg we often talk about uh, when you enter a new culture um there's a phase where you have the honeymoon phase where everything is absolutely beautiful and you love the new culture right and then suddenly you go down the culture shock you know like the the pits there where you realize how the other culture is completely you know, jarring against the culture you grew up in or, well, you know, and and you suddenly start seeing that culture and they're weird and they're doing things so differently and I don't like it. But then with the support of others, you just you know, come out of that and then you just go into a new phase. And so... I would love us to use that analogy and go, Okay, so there's a current way of doing things. How do we take this old way of doing things using the cultural agility and using the words? Like what words are we using? Are we getting attached to those words? Um, And why is that? Why are we getting attached to flourishing or thriving? I think for me, it doesn't matter because. Does it work for you? Does it resonate for you? If it does, great. We use whatever word works for you. Right? We're all unique. Um, what's important is is what then happens next, and what sort of conversation we're having, and 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 taking it from there.
1: Fabiana, I'm so grateful for this conversation, and I'm more than curious to find out where will you go from here? 201 episodes, but the podcast is just one part of Fabienne. What are some of the other things that are going on in your life and the horizons towards which you're heading?
0: Yes. So obviously the exciting thing is um, for me, it's really end of an era uh, and a very conscious end of an era. Mm -hmm. So end of June, beginning of July, I'm going to be uh, finishing all of my work, facilitating teaching language learning. Um, to truly pivot towards my real passion, which is flourishing in education. So I'm going to be starting a PhD in September, looking at how we build flourishing communities in educational settings. Uh, and that's a four-year journey, so that'll be really exciting. Uh, and then I, I really love the work of Deborah Freeze. Uh, I know he talks about being localised, uh, um, if you don't know her TED talk, I would recommend like you and then and the listeners to really go and and watch her. I can send you the link her her amazing TED TED talk around being a localized, um, you know, anchored in the in the the, the where we are in the world uh, for change. And and so currently we are based in as a family in Bristol in in the UK. And so. Together with uh, two amazing ladies, Joanna Sweetland and Caroline Clark, we've created a uh, learning hub for teenagers called Streams Learning Hub, uh, which is going to open in September. Uh, and we're doing a pilot for one year. And so my role in that is going to use my research to see how we create this learning hub in that, that is a, you know, that is flourishing hub. Um, so that's also really exciting um so if you're in bristol get in touch we would love to hear from you uh if you're not in bristol and you want to obviously reach out please do reach out uh i love having conversations and, and chatting i think uh they're the be- imperfectly perfect conversations are the best way to grow and develop and you know, and as siegel says we all interconnected right so and interconnected so Every single conversation, every single dialogue, every single event in our lives just changes us a little bit and it you know, gets us to be different. Um, so I don't know who Fabienne will be um, in, in in a month's time, let like, alone like four years' time. We'll see.
1: Well, thank you, Fabienne.
0: Thank you so much.
1: This has been the Coconut Thinking Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our website, www.coconut-thinking.com. Again, that's coconut-thinking.com. And certainly look forward to our next episode. There might be a little bit of a hiatus as we are in the middle of a move to Bali. But I hope that we'll be able to get back with you soon with uh, more forerunners in the space of regeneration, the space of education, the space beyond the two, and see where we are. So speak to you soon. Bye-bye.